This episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly mystery crate that delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, tech gadgets, art, and other epic gear, it's like Comic-Con in a box. To try Loot Crate for yourself, head on over to trylootcrate.com forward slash Podcast. enter promo code BRIDGE10 and receive 10% off your purchase on your new monthly subscription Loot Crate box. Again, that's trylootcrate.com forward slash a geek podcast make sure to use promo code bridge 10 at checkout to save 10 percent. and now on with our show hey this is jay muse and you're listening to absolute geek a show i don't give a fuck about snooch yes i do check it out snoogans atomic batteries to power turbines to speed It's Thursday night, Phoenix, and you listen to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Kyle. What is going on, sir? How's it been? Besides my computer not working, I had to switch to my phone. Fine. It's been a solid two weeks since we actually recorded an episode of the actual podcast. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Not a, not a what-the-fuck Friday. Um, as you can see, Jose's not with us tonight because apparently it takes him t- fucking <laughs> three hours to order tires. <laughs> right I was like um, You know We can do it whenever In what world do you have to go there And pay in person for tires <laughs> That's why. Dude, there's, this, there's this new thing called the internet there, Well there's this awesome thing called A debit card or a new invention called a credit card You know One, one of those sweet new inventions You would think that, you would, think that would allow you to Uh I don't know, maybe pay for something without having to be there in person. Right. But whatever. So he's busy. So now you're just stuck with the two of us. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like old times. And we're going to actually review some comics tonight. Fuck it, right? I got four of them, so I'm stoked. So do I. So people have been waiting for that. It's been a long time since we did a comic book review. Yeah, and it really has. But um, so before we get into the news and, and kick off the show and everything, I got to pick your brain about something. Uh-oh. You have been very vocal over the years we've done this podcast. You've been very vocal about how you feel like there's too many superhero movies and they're just pumping them out too quickly and how everything's becoming oversaturated. So with the news last week that Netflix has um, procured um, Malar World, how do you how do you feel about that? You know, I, I'll, I, I know speculation-wise and stuff, I guess it's kind of cool. You know, it would be kind of cool to see a Reborn uh, reborn show. Or what's it called? Huck? Like a rebirth? Re- or, yeah, Rebirth. Or no, 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 it's Reborn. Yeah, Reborn. That would be cool to see. Huck would be see. But the problem I have with – well, okay, what does that mean? Like, you know, Millar always said everything before he starts a project has always been picked up, and now all of a sudden everything's sold to Netflix. So, yeah, Netflix owns – pretty much the everything but kick-ass right no um, i don't i see i don't know what where kick-ass falls i think they even own kick-ass now too as far as i'm aware they own all the products that they get first option 
for all future Millar World products. So if he wants to turn um, Nemesis, uh, Huck, um, what was the other one you just said? Um, Reborn, um, anything, Hit Girl. If he wants to make any of those products into future movies, um, Netflix gets the first option at him. So essentially, it's going to allow them to pump out content much quicker than than if it was coming to a movie that's kind of why like i wanted to pick your brain on it because i know you've been very vocal in the past about how the market is becoming oversaturated with superhero stuff and and now essentially you've got like netflix buying shit up and i know marvel already has netflix shows but with the purchase of malar world this potentially allows netflix to pump superhero product after superhero product after superhero product out. Now, I know not all Millar World stuff is superhero-based, but I should say it allows them to pump out comic book content as quickly as they can. I think I think between this and the Amazon deal with Kirkman, um, I think I do. I truly believe that TV viewing wise, I think people are going to start growing tired of it because it's just at first off, no Netflix, even with Marvel backing them, they have done most of their stuff. It's not, hasn't been very good except for pretty much daredevil. They really haven't, you know what I mean? Like Luke Cage wasn't that great. Iron Fist wasn't that great. Jessica Jones was better than those two. Daredevil's good. You know what I mean? They're not going to, you know, with just having Millar and not the backing of Marvel, I think, I don't think the shows are going to turn out very good. Really? Yeah. Because I mean, look at the funding that Marvel has with Disney to be able to make these shows with Netflix and look at the products that they're turning out. I mean, Iron Fist wasn't very good. Well, I mean, in my opinion, the the marvel product on netflix has just started to to go south like you you said daredevil the first few seasons of daredevil were incredible i i really enjoyed the first season of jessica jones um yeah luke cage was not my cup of tea it, i didn't feel like it it hit and iron fist and the, even though i enjoyed aspects of iron fist compared to like daredevil it wasn't it wasn't great and and i think iron fist was more focused on poor acting than it was actually the story yeah but they 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 recorded fucking a number of episodes during it yeah like you think they they went back and they looked at this shit and they couldn't have gone fuck yeah there's no way they went fuck yeah but they continued forward so even with it they they and you know and i I do believe it's cool that you know one thing i do give props to netflix for is having to make a show for netflix what we're what we're given is variety we're not given the -the run-of-the-mill basic comedy after comedy, after drama, after drama type of show that we see on network TV. You know what I mean? Like shows on TV are pretty cookie cutter. Yeah, there's a formula Net- and they, they pretty much follow that formula. Netflix, you know, there, there's you're getting a little variety in what you're able to do. But I I just think all of a sudden pumping out Millar's work on top of Marvel's on top of, you know, and then Amazon's going to have to keep up and they're going to say, I just think I think we I think people really just aren't going to give a shit by the time the Millar stuff comes around. I think that's what I'm getting at. Well, let's so let's talk about you mentioned it a little bit ago, and I was going to mention it more in the news, but that's fine that we mentioned it now. The deal with Amazon and Robert Kirkman in Skybound that essentially allows them to the same thing where they get first option on 
Skybound products that aren't Walking Dead, Outcast, or Fear the Walking Dead, because those are owned by other companies now. Those rights are owned by AMC and in, in, uh, Showtime or Cinemax? Cinemax, right? Cinemax. So that allows, what are they really, so as far as Skybound goes, I know they have like Manifest Destiny and they have like two or three other big titles that they, they cope, that they publish. So Redneck, Seven to Eternity, Plastic, they have, I mean, that's all Skybound. Plastic is Skybound? I thought it was Image. That's a, It's Image skybound okay so then because i thought skybound was a, a subsidiary of image so it's actually like its own thing because no, it comes out with both of them it's it's a image skybound thing okay so i mean essentially though the way i was looking at it is is, is robert kirkman gonna just start pumping out and is skybound just gonna start pumping out content to make shows for amazon or are they just gonna start buying up all these properties to turn turn into books to make content for Amazon. I mean, I don't see, I you know, without The Walking Dead there to be that draw, I don't see that that deal being as as lucrative or fantastic as it's being made out to be. So some of the main titles for Skybound are Invincible, Manifest Destiny, Ghosted, Birthright, Tech Jacket, Clone, Thief of Thieves, Dead Dead Body Road, oh, Super it- Dinosaur. So they Witch have more Doctor. than I thought they did. What? So they have more than I thought they did. Uh, Wolfman, Brit, The Infinite, and Battle Pope. Uh, yeah. So I, I, right off the bat, I could see him turning Battle Pope and Infinite into shows. Just right off the bat. Like, those are two that pop out at me right away that could be... Well, and they got a new book coming out, too. Gaslight or Gas, Gasolina I, or something like that. I think it came out Wednesday. Did it? Because I, I think so. I didn't see it, so that's why I was like, "Oh, okay." Because I was looking to pick it up, but um, I, you know, I don't see many of these titles actually becoming shows, though. Really? Like, uh, have you read Manifest Destiny? Uh, I have not, but I've heard it's pretty popular. I like I read Birthright for a long time. I read like the first like two arcs of it, and it started out really cool, and then it kind of petered out. So I, I, I don't know, but I mean, just same thing with Millar. What? What what real titles do you have for Millar World that well, you would like to see got, into a show? Well, I mean, I would love to, I would actually love to see Huck as a show. I think Netflix could actually do Huck well. Um, I mean, we you most of Millar's big stuff has already been made into movies. Kick Ass, Kingsman, you know, Nemesis would be a good one, but Nemesis is essentially just a Batman ripoff. It's it's like what if Batman was a bad guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, like he came out with that one, I think it was called Speed. I think that's what it's called. It's about uh these people take this drug and it makes them real fast and they were like robbing banks and shit. Uh, or it, it might have been called Go or Speed or something like that. But uh like I don't see that really being uh a good like a good show. You know what I mean? I that's that's just the thing I'm having is I think it's just the titles there. I don't I don't really see a lot of them becoming shows. And I think okay, so they bought them now. It's going to be a couple years before. Oh, Reborn is a. Oh, Reborn's Millar. Yeah. Huck. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Empress, Jupiter's Circle. Oh, it's called it's called MPH. It's not called Go. It's called MPH. Yeah, miles per hour. Uh, Starlight, Superior, Nemesis, Super Crooks. I don't know. Besides Reborn and Huck, I don't really see anything being much of a worth making into a show. Right. And well, and I agree. And that's just kind of like I wanted to pick your brain about that is how much is this now? Like you said, it's becoming oversaturated. So now with it being on Netflix and these these video streaming services, it allows them to pump this content out at a much faster pace. So now you're you know you're already got an oversaturated market so you're gonna take that and you're just gonna add more to it so it's just gonna keep getting worse and worse i mean there is there's very few channels that are not showing something 
comic book related on its channel. Well, yeah, especially now that you have Gifted on Fox and you're going to have, you already have Agents of Seal Shield on ABC, but you're getting ready to have in, Inhumans. You've got Gotham. You've got all the CW shows on top of Krypton, which is coming to sci-fi. So, yeah, you've Legion got Legion on FX. Yeah, Legion, Preacher, Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, um, what am I, Lucifer, Outcast. Yeah, you, it's, it's it, just it's everywhere. Lot. And it's just the coolness of having, oh, yeah, we got a few things we get to watch is gone now it's yep we get there's another yep yep another show like defenders i'm like i'm really not anticipating anything very good for defenders i'm i'm going into it with an open mind i'm not expecting the best but i'm kind of going into it hoping for the best expecting the worst but i i'm probably going to be wrong on it's getting good reviews so we'll see what happens everything seems to get good reviews until it's actually on well that's the the whole thing of you've got these you know people who are paid to review it in you know who, who knows how many of these companies actually pay them for good reviews and then you let the public get their hands on it and then the public gives you the true like opinion of, of how most people see it not your professional review of it you know yeah i just i just don't really i just i just don't actually really care that much that unless until they announce huck or something i with the with the malar world that's my the, my only thing with like malar world and um skybound is that they're not? They have some superhero properties, but they're not solely focused on the superhero. Like they're they're comic companies, but they're comics that are based on different things. And like Huck, you have you know he's a gas station attendant who has superpowers, and it's still kind of a mystery. And like you have Manifest Destiny, you have all these unique characters and these unique stories that I think would be good on TV. But it's to the point where like when is enough enough? You know and and the problem is, is, I know people hate this term, but a lot of it is the filthy casuals that are eating it up. And as long as people are eating it up, it's gonna they're gonna keep p- pumping out more and more of this content. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna come to a head anytime soon because as long as the public, comic fa- fans, and the casuals alike eat it up, they're just gonna keep pumping that shit out. You're to the point now where you got properties being bought before the comic book even hits at you too, like witches. Yeah, because it just seems like there's now everybody's just trying to snatch up anything and everything they can just to put it on a shelf just in case they might be able to make it because their companies are now scared of not having that new hit thing right and it and it not being you know they're not they don't have that it's like you said the the rush to buy that superhero property i think it's i i mean i really just i believe it's People are just, people are just like. By the time Huck or uh, Reborn is there, I honestly think people are going to be like, eh. and and I think going out of the superhero realm of comics, like Walking Dead, I think is a, it's it was the it was the fluke, you know what I mean for for comic hooks. It was the 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 one in a million. It won the lottery, and I and I don't think another show is going to have that, and I think that's what everybody is banking on. Yeah, and I just don't I just don't think it's. There's not going to be anything else that's going to have the Walking Dead success. It struck when the iron was hot. It was doing it pretty much. It, it did it in a low where it was something new, but now it's everywhere. So people are, I just, I, it's just not going to, I don't think it's going to be big. There's not, none of these shows are going to be big like the Walking Dead. Well, even Outcast, like it doesn't. And, and I think maybe that is a part of that has to do with the fact that it's on Cinemax, but or it, it's not even like even Outcast isn't that big. It's not doing huge numbers like the Walking Dead. It's, 
I mean, yeah, it's only been one season, but it's not on cable TV, and not a lot of people subscribe or pay for Cinemax, so you're not you're not hitting that mainstream audience. Yeah, but I don't know the 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 paid channel shows are now a thing. I mean, look at look at dumbass Game of Thrones. Look at yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's but, people clamor at. These kind of shows, so I think and Cinemix has shows. I just don't know what they are. I know they have a few, but HBO is known for that, though. Like they're they're known more now for their shows than they are their movies. You know, so you have like HBO has Game of Thrones. They have Silicon Valley. They have Ballers. They have they had Eastbound and Down. They had you know all these other these other shows that were hits that weren't super you know weren't superhero related or or they've been doing it so they. have been kind of known for curb your enthusiasm like they've been known for for having that kind of content and now you got people like amazon and netflix and and these other paid channels trying to buy up this content to to keep on par and and stay relevant with them it's just i i don't know like i'm not gonna run out and buy amazon i'm not gonna run out and pay for amazon prime to get amazon video to watch a skybound product you know no you're gonna you live in the age of the internet you're gonna do whatever the rest of the world is gonna do and you're gonna torrent it or watch it on on a streaming find, site you know yeah you're gonna find somewhere to stream it right so it's not i just i don't see the benefit in it like i, I guess i could see the benefit in it as far as for people who have that but i don't see like i don't see it being that big of a benefit that <laughs> they're making these huge blockbuster deals you know yeah, I, I think I think it's just these companies are they're they're looking for property to buy up, and I think this is just that's just where it's at. And the, I mean, the comic book property is the hottest game in town right now, and it's I could see from I guess I could see from a standpoint of the production studio and studios where it's it's easier to pump this product out because you already have a map set out for you in, in the content of the book. Someone's pretty much already written it for you. Now all you have to do is take what's written and switch it and adapt it for TV, you know, and make it work in the story you're trying to tell. So it, it's, it seems like it would be easier for them to pump out this content. I mean, they like how, how quick do you think they are to even putting out a Millar show? I mean, this is this day. I mean, it's what two years you think before it's done um I, I think it just depends on where they're gonna go and what they're gonna try and put out first if they were smart they would do reborn first it's hot they could still ride the whale the the coattails of it being a popular comic i just and i have a hard time picturing that show that comic as a show like live action why why do i find it hard yeah why do you find it hard to picture that show as a live action or that comic as a live action show for what it is i just find it hard to Make it into 13 episodes. It's only six issues as it is. Yeah, but I mean, that allows them to go more in-depth with things and, and more story-driven and kind of put pieces together that maybe got cut out and left on the, the cutting room floor because, it you know, it was they didn't have enough room in, in 30 pages or 32 pages or whatever it is in a comic book. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I, I think we're at least... We're, we, I don't think we'll at least see a Millar product on on uh, Netflix or a Skybound product on Amazon for that matter until at least 2019. So two years. Well, I mean, we're almost we're almost to the end of 2017. We're we're getting there steadily. So yeah, I would I would say at least two years before I don't know with the way they pump stuff out maybe end of 2018. But I don't I don't think we'll see anything until yeah I don't think we'll see anything until late 2018 early 2019. I mean, they'd have to be putting, you know, a script. I mean, they'd have to, we'd have to hear about them already putting scripts together. I think you're gonna you're gonna start hearing rumblings of things maybe 
San Diego Comic-Con next year, so July of next year. I think you'll start hearing rumblings of, of something coming from either Netflix as far as a Malar World property or Amazon as far as a Skybound property. Honestly, if Amazon is smart, the first property they go off of after to make into a, a show is going to be Invincible, especially since that comic is ending. So it's kind of on an uptick in popularity right now. So mm-hmm. that that's going to be where your smart money is, is you you hit it right there. You The first thing you come out with is Invincible, and you let that lay your groundwork, and then you, you build more into their, their properties that are, are not maybe superhero-based, but then you build into a show like Manifest Destiny or, or something like that. You establish your status quo with something safe like Invincible, and then you take on, on that, you know, that more pressing project or more or more risky project it, like uh what is it who is it that isn't it ben affleck that says it in a, in a kevin smith movie or is it i don't know if it's ben affleck or matt damon you do the you do the safe piece and then you do the the art piece and then you do the piece that you repeat you know that's a favor to your friends and all that yeah. so i think that's that's the way you play that is if you're gonna you know if you're skybound i think you 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 hit the ground running with invincible which is a known established product it's it's a title that's been around it's a title that's coming to an end it's it's about as equal in popularity and skybound as walking dead is um I, I think that's where you 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 hit the ground running with that as far as malar world like malar you i think you have to establish you have to establish something you have to establish that with something of notoriety. So, like, I could see him hitting the ground running with like hit, a Hit Girl series because uh-huh. everyone already knows Hit Girl from the two Kickass movies. So that's a that's a strong character to to go off of, and they already gave her her own solo run in the comics, so she had her own mini series. So that's I think that's a safe way to to kick it off is you hit the ground running there with Hit Girl, and you establish that you know who you are and what you are there. And then you bring on Huck, and then you bring on, you know, Nemesis. You bring on all these other these other characters and, and stories. I would like to see Redneck. <laughs> My problem with Redneck is it's still a very young book. It just I don't know. It, it it fits in the genre of Redneck would have worked maybe five or six years ago when the Vampire Train was hyped with Twilight. You know, they could have put that out when Twilight and, and True Blood and all these fucking vampire shows and the vampire craze was at it. It's it's peak and now it's kind of died off. But I don't know. I mean, Preacher has vampires in it. Preacher has one vampire, yeah. But Preacher, like honestly, like I didn't like Pre- Preacher at all for season one. But season two has been fucking phenomenal. Like, I've really enjoyed season two of Preacher. And season one kind of was like meh to me. But season two has been really, really good. But we, I mean, we've also seen that just because you buy a superhero property doesn't mean it's going to work. Look at fucking Powerless from NBC. Yeah, it didn't work at all. And then you got the new, what, Black Lightning coming to the CW. And then you've got dc starting their own streaming service with titans so i mean just because you you purchase a property doesn't mean it's gonna be a a mad success i don't know i i mean i know i've disagreed with you over the years of the market is getting oversaturated but now when you sit back and you look at it and you have all the stuff that's already on tv going into four or five seasons then you add the new stuff from netflix and the and the marvel stuff and then you add you know what the the addition of malar world the addition of skybound at amazon it's just it's to the point where you're like okay well when is enough enough because the majority of our content that we consume is now comic book based so i don't i don't know i don't know i guess what's the old saying if it ain't broke don't fix it 
Right. So just they're just gonna keep pumping it out because clearly it ain't broke because people are still consuming the shit out of it. So I don't know. Yep. I mean, I think it's just they're. they're I think comic book creators shows like I think they're about to. Sh- they're they're in the process of shooting themselves themselves in the foot. Well, I I think the only way, honestly, the only way this this head comes to an end. And even then, I don't know if it's that would stop it. Is if we have another like '90s style crash in the comic book industry, to where nobody's buying comics anymore, like the interest is lost, and then all these products slow down. But I don't even know if that would stop this machine at this point. Not to be off topic, but I'm I'm looking on a thread. Uh, it's a DC Comics. It says who could be the new Joker? They have Adrian Brody. Ryan Goslin or Casey Affleck? I think Casey Affleck would do a good job. Right now, the poll is Adrian Brody winning. But it, to me, I don't know. I who I can't fucking remember who Adrian Brody is. Let me look him up. He's the penist. Um, and I think he did Alien versus Predator. Yes. Okay. I could see Adrian Brody. Um, I could see him doing that. I think Casey Affleck has a good range. Um, Adrian Brody, I can see Adrian Brody doing a very classic. I would see him as more of a Joker in the style of that you're getting right now in the War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, a more upscale, sophisticated, um, higher class society type Joker than your just normal deranged Joker. I don't know. I'll I'll stick with Jared Leto. I just I don't know. I, I think Casey Affleck has the range to do a good job. Karen Gillian, who plays Nebula in in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, said that she wanted to do it. The Joker? Yeah, that'd be different. I wouldn't mind seeing that gender bent female Joker. It would it would be very different. That's that is hundred percent true. Ah, what? That's interesting. What's that? Just having her play the a uh, woman Joker. Yeah, I think it's I think it's super interesting, but will they ever do it? I I don't know. And probably and not. Most fanboys are gonna riot over it anyways. <laughs> right. But all right, let's jump into some some news here for this week and pick your brain on this here a little bit. Obi Wan Kenobi film reportedly in development at Disney. Obi Wan Kenobi is Disney's new hope, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Um, it is in its early talks. Uh, to kick off the new Star Wars anthology film based on Skywalker's mentor. It is unclear at this time. If Ewan McGregor, who played the role in the prequel trilogy, will reprise the role according to the report, the film does not yet have a script. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I'm interested, but do we really think that we need an Obi-Wan Kenobi film? Pass. Like, didn't we learn enough about Obi-Wan Kenobi in the the prequels? What do you learn from the minute he was conceived to to when he became Qui-Gon Jinn's apprentice? Like, how much more do you really need to know about Obi-Wan Kenobi? I guess I guess you could find out and see more about what he did when he went into hiding, but pass. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much more or you can see him as a little kid or what? Like, you yeah, know, that, see him going through puberty or what? That's essentially the was essentially with comic books is the same thing that Disney's now doing with Star Wars is they're set to fucking strangle every last goddamn dollar out of that fucking franchise. Yeah, they, we don't need to go into like everybody doesn't need their own solo movie. DC up, uh, updates the Jetsons with a new Hanna Barbera co- uh, comic book series. Readers will have a chance to catch up with the Jetsons later this year when the family from the future joins DC Hanna Barbera line of comics. The That's Jet- kind of cool. The Jetsons will be a six issue. See, I thought so too until they start describing what it's going to be. So the Jetsons will be a six issue miniseries written by Jimmy Palamati and illustrated by Pierre Burrito. 
Alberto Burrito. Pierre Burrito. Burrito. <laughs> uh, with covers, Burrito's doing it. Yeah. With Amanda with covers by Amanda Connor, which isn't surprising that America Ameri- Amanda Connor has anything to do with this, seeing how I believe she's married to Paul Amati. Yeah. Um the series stars family man George, his wife Jane, a NASA scientist. So why is Jane Jetson now instead of a, a, a housewife, she's a NASA scientist? Daughter Judy, a social butterfly, Elroy who loves robot tech, Astro the family prooch. And Rosie the robot, who is now programmed with the consciousness of George's mother. Pass. <laughs> like you had to put your your mom's. So not only did he get nagged his entire life, but now she's dead, and she's getting nagged by her robot <laughs> consciousness. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, what? And then uh, in the upcoming comic, the Jetsons will grapple with an incoming threat from the darkest corners of the galaxy. So now instead Thanos. of just being a show. Like about everyday life, it's going to be they're dealing with some sort of fucking comet, cosmic threat. I bet you, I bet you, it's Doctor Manhattan. They're going to be the guardians of the galaxy for yeah, the, as the Jetsons though. And it was just announced today, a few hours ago, that ABC is um, launching a Jetsons live action TV series. So I checked that out. ABC, I, I, I like the Jetsons when I was. I a love kid. the Jetsons. Yeah, ABC is making a return visit to Orbit City with a live action reboot of the Jetsons. The Hanna-Barbera animated classic that initially aired on the network from 1962 to 1963. I would love to see a Jetsons TV show, a live action show. That would be really, really cool. I could yeah, get behind I that. might be down for that. I just, I just don't like the idea of the comic book series being where like now they're they're fighting intergalactic fucking beings and shit, and they're moving all this stuff around. And I just, I don't like the idea of the comic book series, but I can get behind the TV show. Yeah, I could too. I like the idea of that. I'm actually going to, even the comic sounds stupid, I'm still going to probably buy the first issue and check it out. I mean, it is only a six-issue miniseries, but who, you know, that's still six issues. Do you really want to spend that much time invested in this comic book and then have it suck? I mean, six issues. I mean, what I if could it probably sucks? Live to, I've, I've read shittier comics for longer than six issues. Right. <laughs> um, then, uh, as far as, like, we're going back to Marvel Netflix news, we have the return of Purple Man. Earlier this week, Marvel revealed that Doctor Who alum David Tennant will reprise his role as Kilgrave in the second season of Jessica Jones. This, of course, raises the question of how Kilgrave will make his return. So, yeah, it looks like we're going to get the return of Purple Man in season two of Jessica Jones. And I think they're going to do it where he's going to be, they're going to do it very um, Batman Arkham Knight-ish, where he, I think he's part of their consciousness. Like, he's a voice in their head and and Jessica's head. Ugh. So I figured, I figured that, you know, with a big star like David Tennant attached to that project, they wouldn't kill him off in one season. So who, who else is Jessica Jones's uh, nemesis? I, I mean, she has a lot with the Avengers and a lot of her, she doesn't have very many standalone villains. Most of her bullshit is with like the Avengers or shield or, um, yeah. Like it's a secondary thing. Let's find out. Cause I'm not really familiar with all that familiar with Jessica Jones. Um, but, Let's see. Who's her villain in the new Bendis run? You're still um, reading that. No, I bailed on that. Oh, he bailed on it? Yeah. Um, I mean, she like she was having issues with um uh I can't think of her name. Leader Shield, the female leader shield. Um I can't think of her name right now. God damn it. <laughs> I can't think of her name. Colby Smolders plays her in the Avengers movie. Um 
She takes over after Fury leaves. God damn, I can't think of her name right now. I just can't. It is just not. Um. So she has an enemy named Bobby Tisdale. She, they, she can mimic anyone's appearance. Um, Camistro, Count Nefera, David Larson, a lawyer from the Larson, David and Silver, Dr. Octopus, Haywire, <laughs> Hobgoblin, Jigsaw, Lone Shark, Nuke, Owl, Purple Man, Rhino, Spider Woman. So yeah, she like I said, she shares a lot of villains with with other characters. I don't know. Pass. <laughs> Robert Kirkman sues AMC over The Walking Dead. And Kirkman ma- and a bunch of people. Yeah, and a major shocker: four past and current producers of The Walking Dead have filed suit against AMC over breach of contract and other similar complaints. Which mostly comes down to a claim that AMC is holding the profits from the massive TV hit from the producers of the show. One of the producers who is involved in the lawsuit is Robert Kirkman, who happens to be the creator of the Walking Dead comic book series. Naturally, when you see a situation where the guy who created the comic book and the show sues the network that makes the show, it makes you wonder what would be the worst case scenario when it comes to like the show. And in other words, could Robert Kirkman theoretically take the Walking Dead away from the AMC if he's upset with the results of the web of uh, the lawsuit? But I don't think he can because I think it's more. I, I think, if I remember correctly, he made a statement or a comment before that he sold the rights to The Walking Dead to AMC. So AMC essentially owns that product. They own The Walking he's, Dead. He sold it to him. So he has the rights to the comics still, I believe. But I think to the TV show, AMC owns those rights. Oh, to the to the TV show property. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're suing for like what a billion dollars? Something like that. Yeah, it's an incredibly insane amount of money. So what? So what is it? AMC is hiding the actual amount of profit that they're making from The Walking Dead. It says that <clears throat> essentially what it comes down to is that Robert Kirkman and these producers are claiming that AMC is withholding the um the profit earnings from the show from them so they aren't being um they aren't being able to or they're not being informed of exactly how much the walking dead is making they're trying to save money they're trying to be cheap asses yeah they know it's turning a profit but amc there's they're stating that amc is not acknowledging or telling them how much of a profit the show is actually turning because because that means they could tell them that, oh, hey, we're only making this much money and give them less. Right, exactly. Oh, fucking, fucking fuckers. That's fucked up. Daniel Craig confirms that he'll return as James Bond, ending nearly Ass. two years of speculation. Um, Daniel Craig has confirmed that he will indeed reprise his role as 007 in the 25th James Bond film. Uh, walking back claims that he made in, 20, in a 2015 interview in which the actor said he'd rather slash his wrists than play James Bond again. Well, I got some fucking razor blades for you, buddy. Right? Because... I mean, do people really care about James Bond anymore? <laughs> some people do. Some people are just crazy about it. I, I've honestly only seen maybe three or four James Bond films, and I'm not really... They're not... I'm not a James Bond fan. It's not targeted towards me. You know, I watch them because they always do marathons, and that's what I do. I watch it, and I end up, like, spacing out on them. Like, I think I've seen... I've seen Octopussy, the man with the golden gun. I've seen Golden Eye, um, and that's pretty much in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, and that's pretty much it. I haven't seen, you know, very many James Bond movies. I don't really care if I want yeah, a, if I want a spy movie, I'll watch Austin Powers. Right, it's a much more that's enjoyable funny. movie for me, anyway. <laughs> I I just yeah I I I've, it's kind of like uh, Game of Thrones for me. I've tried to watch James Bond so many times, and it just 
I just I gave up about two years ago. I watched like the entire James Bond run. Like it was like a like a twelve hour marathon or something. Uh-huh. And I just sat and that's all I watched. And at the end, I was like, ah, I still don't like James Bond. It's like cheese dick to me. Did you say cheese dick? Yes, it's very cheese dick. Uh, I was like, um, wait, what? I actually, I, I enjoy Game of Thrones. I know you don't like it, but I think inter- Game of Thrones is way more entertaining than James Bond films. You know, I'll, I'll be honest and I'll eat a smudge of crow here. Just a smudge. I'm, I'm watching, I'm almost done with season four of Game of Thrones. And I'll have to admit season four after like the third episode, I have not fallen asleep once. It gets, it gets interesting. Like four Four, five, and six are really what got me into the show. Like, I watched season one, two, and three. Like, I got into it late, so I I binged one, two, and three, and I kind of lost interest around three, and then I came back to it. But once I got halfway through four, four, five, and six, and now seven have been really, really good. Like, I'm to the point in season four where uh, uh, what's his name, Tyrion. Uh huh. That, that dude was fighting for his life and he fucking he thought he killed him and the that dude fucking smashed his fucking head through his eyes. Yeah. I gotta admit that was pretty fucking cool. Well, you got a lot of badass stuff coming up, so it, it's what I do at work. You watch, watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of working. No no no, I work. But <laughs> it's just it's it's on. And then I got a couple of people at work I could talk to Game of Thrones about. And since it's season four it's no big deal to talk about it. You know what right, I mean? Right. So. Vin Diesel is helming a Miami Vice reboot for Hell NBC. Yeah. Miami Vice will soon return to television and screens courtesy of Vin Diesel. Diesel is executive produced the revival, which has been in the works for months at Universal Television and is slated to air on NBC networks. The same network that aired the show originally in 1984. Uh, he's he's going to star in it too? No, he's just producing it. Ah, fuck. I was like, hell yeah, Vin Diesel. That'd be awesome. <laughs> In Miami Vice. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, because... Fucking wearing the 80s suit and shit. That's just another TV show that we need rebooted because, you know, Hawaii Five O isn't bad enough. Don't they have that on Cinemax or something like that? Uh, or Hawaii Showtime? Hawaii Five O is on CBS. No, I thought they did have Miami Vice on... Uh, I think they made a movie Showtime. of it, didn't they? I thought they... I can't remember. I thought they made a movie of it or something like that. Yeah, there's a Miami Vice movie. It's got Jamie Foxx in it. I think it's Jamie Foxx and, um, uh, what the fuck, is it? Colin Farrell? I thought there was a show. You probably just watched it on, on there. <laughs> no, I don't know what it was. Maybe some stars. <laughs> yeah, it's um, Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell. Yeah, in Miami Vice movie. I think you just watched it on, on stars and you're like, oh, look. It's Miami Vice. <laughs> I love Miami Vice. Let's watch this 30 times. No, yeah, not that show. <laughs> but not that movie. Not that movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fucking uh, 30 times. <laughs> um, don't expect Ron Perlman to cameo in the Hellboy reboot. If you were hoping to see a cameo from Ron Perlman, the original Hellboy himself... You probably shouldn't hold your breath as one asked point blank on Twitter if he would make a cameo in the upcoming reboot. Perlman responded by saying, when Hellboy freezes over. <laughs> that's funny. I guess that's that, huh? John Cena boards Transformers Bumblebee spinoff. He joins the cast led by Haley Steinfeld set in the 1987, so they're going backwards with the Transformers movie now. Uh, Bumblebee follows Steinfeld's character, Charlie as she discovers in a battle-scarred yellow Volkswagen Beetle 
in a junkyard. She quickly learns there's more than uh, meets the eye. And no word on Cena's role at this time. So, yeah, maybe you'll get to see John Cena's root battling some Autobots and Decepticons. <laughs> John Cena's root is going to be an Autobot. That would be awesome. It transforms into a jet and shit and flies away. <laughs> He's just like pulled behind it as his fucking roots flying through the air as a jet. He, he's, he's just laying there like and he's got his hands behind his, his head <laughs> and it's his roots just flying away and he's just, <laughs> just whistling and shit. I'd be fucking awesome. And then it transforms. He starts to fight. I mean, it, like a huge sword comes out of his root. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued that they're going backwards in time. Um, You're rooted, and that they're taking Bumblebee back to a, a Volkswagen Beetle. That's interesting. Um, Darkwing Duck fans can rejoice as Darkwing Ducks is going to be in the Ducktales new series. Um, they're definitely going to get dangerous on the Disney reboot of DuckTales as it's been confirmed that Darkwing Duck will be making an appearance on the show. I watched the first... Last weekend, they showed the... the Well, they called it a movie, but it was the first two episodes of the new DuckTales series. It's pretty interesting. It's intriguing. If you're a classic DuckTales fan, I would say check it out. I'm going to have to check it out. The Bluths are back. The story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together isn't over yet. Arrested Development is set to start production of the fifth season for Netflix, and according to star Jason Bateman, the family reunion has already begun. I'm excited for that. I really love Arrested Development. That and Curb Your Enthusiasm are really good shows. I could never get into Arrested Development. It was just never my... It's. I don't know if it was too dry, or if I just didn't pay enough attention, or if I'm not smart enough. I don't fucking know. It's a very, yeah, it's a very witty and, and dry humor. Um, it's kind of like I like a red, I like Curb Your Enthusiasm a little bit more because Curb is a little bit more like sarcastic humor. I don't know if you've ever seen Curb. Yes and no. Jose fucking loves that show. By the way, update just in case everyone wanted to know, Jose sp- just spent six hundred twenty dollars on tires for his car. <laughs> he he had to make sure that we were privy to that information. That's the real reason why he. Uh couldn't podcast because his butthole is in his throat and he yeah. cannot talk. We all know how much of a cheap asshole Jose is. So now that he's had to drop $620 on new fucking tires, you know, he's, he's probably at home crying. <laughs> he probably had a stroke. Yeah. Cause you know, he almost had a stroke. We had to pay $5 to park <laughs> for Comic-Con. Right. Um, Fox moves Gotham season four premiere date originally slated to premiere on September 28th. The Fox hit show series Gotham will now be returning one week earlier in its fourth season on September 24th. They're moving it up because the Orville, the new Seth MacFarlane show. Airs, that shit looks funny. Airs on the 17th. So they're trying to, they're pushing up Gotham to to give it a push. But I believe they're moving Gotham to Fridays now. No, sorry, Uh-oh. Thursdays. They're moving it to Thursdays. So yeah, Gotham is to being what, moved. To compete with Big Bang Theory? Good luck. I well, you got now on Thursday nights. You have Big Bang Theory, you have Gotham, the Sh- you the have Sheldon Show, Arrow. They moved Arrow to Thursday nights now. So it's a rough time slot. Yeah, right. The CW like completely changed all of their shows around. So you have Supergirl Monday, Flash Tuesday. And then, like, you have Arrow Friday or Thursday, and then um, Riverdale Friday. 
and there was some other big show that was moved to Fridays. Like they're they're completely doing away with like they're completely moving everything around. And usually, usually I would say a show put on a Thursday or a Friday is pretty much a death sentence. That's 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 pretty much the rule of thumb. You know what show did survive Fridays and went back into a different was Bones. Yeah. They had went to Fridays for a while, and uh, they survived the Friday fucking the Friday death sentence. And then the last piece of news I have tonight is Stranger Things. David Harbour accidentally confirmed season three in a recent interview with TMZ. Uh, the star was asked about working with the young kids on the show. Without thinking about it, he let a possible secret slip, saying season three is on on the horizon. Um, in season two and season three, they're going to grow up. He said the kids grow up. Harbor was quickly asked if there was definitely going to be a season three. And he recovered his slip by saying, well, I think so. But if they hate season two, then maybe not. <laughs> It'd be funny. Season three, there'll be middle-aged bald kids or men that, that hate life and have miserable jobs. Oh, uh, so they're essentially going to be us. Yeah. <laughs> the stranger thing. Doing a podcast. Yeah, the stranger kid things have grown up to become us. <laughs> Hate life and and working shitty dead end jobs. You see him bitching about buying six hundred dollar tires. Right. Bitching about six hundred dollar <laughs> tires or <laughs> paying thirty dollars for a beer or something. That's funny though. Well, I would I would bitch about it paying thirty dollars for a beer for sure, but it better be one kick-ass beer. Or multiple beers. <laughs> Unlike the one I'm drinking right now. Right. <laughs> oh, you're drinking a, drinking a Wild Blue, are you? No, I'm drinking a Session Watermelon Wheat Ale. Oh, wow. I'm really out of my comfort zone with this one. Yeah. No uh, no ice glass rattling tonight, huh? No, if it's a... I just got it. It's the, it's the awesomeness of doing this on my phone. Ooh, is it any good? No, this is fucking no. gross. There you have it. The beer's gross. <sighs> Straight out of the word. It just, I don't taste watermelon. That's for fucking sure. Fucking liars. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's all I have for news tonight. So let's get into review some fucking comic. All right. Let me. I'll start with Nightwing. Oh, geez. Great. Okay. Nightwing 27. Marked for death by Agent 1. So the bummer is... They cannot leave the, the agent, be him being a secret agent. They can't leave that alone. So in the last couple issues, Nightwing was trying to bust this um, this ring called the Second Hand. And they like owned a casino. and Second Hand, uh, does that mean the, that like they're just handing shit down to people? Yeah, it's, it's like a Goodwill. And uh, what it ends up being is it ends up being Agent One and a bunch of the guys from uh, Spiral. So it's it's a lot of the people that he was a secret agent with. Okay. And what happens is it so what they do is they're actually coming back to kill him. And it's kind of what this issue was about is he's actually fighting Agent One and they're. Uh, and then, and then there's another little story with his ex-girlfriend is back. She's back as um, her her superhero self to face her. Uh, villain or hero? Villain. And she is with Pigeon. 
And what they do is they, they're like vig, kind of vigilantes more or less than a villain. Like they do stuff that's against the law, but still kind of good. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So it's kind of heard, you know, Pigeon is kind of taken back uh, the facer so they can be back together. And it kind of introduces uh, the mouse and it's a girl that shows her infiltrating. And, but it's, it's pretty much they're trying to f- figure out what's going on. Wait, that's what superhero name is the mouse. Yeah. Okay. What happens is is as as Agent One and his gang are closing in to fuck up Nightwing, um, the Skull this helicopter shows up and it's a group called the Skull Girls, S K U L L Girls, show up and shave save them. And uh, and what they're doing is they're what they were done was remember they're. I don't remember if you remember when I was doing Grayson, but he was, well, as he was a secret agent, he was also a teacher, like the PE teacher at the school that they, they were training other agents. Uh-huh. Remember? Um, so what it was is these were three of the students that they were training to be agents. There was actually four, but one of them got a, taken because they had taken this piece of tech from the, uh, from agent one. And she had used it to, you know, get rid of everybody so that the skull girl, the skull gang, could get away. And uh, so what they're doing is they're training her because they're going to infiltrate and they're going to try to get her back. Why they try to take down the agents? And what happens is, is they they infiltrate, they get through, they find her, but she's been the fourth chick in the skull girls gang has been kind of manipulated, and she actually tries to kill him. She tries to blow him up. Nightwing gets away. And uh, so he's sitting there talking to Agent One, and uh, his codename was Tiger. And remember, he used to call him Tony the Tiger. Yeah. And uh, so the, he gets in there; they're kind of bantering back and forth. And he's like, he says, "Give me your past, Nightwing. Your experiences, your life. Do it willingly." And he's like, "Or I'll take it." And Nightwing's like, "Oh God!" And the real Agent One is set up. He's like suspended, like with all of these tubes coming out of him, uh-huh. he goes, or I'll do this. So what he's doing is it seems like he's what the, what this guy is doing is he's taking memories, thoughts from people and actually giving them to him so that this other person knows. And then the next one's called the tale of two tigers. Uh, okay. And that's kind of what happened there. It's kind of, I don't know. I just wish they would kind of leave the, agent thing as a reference more or less than a storyline keep him you know what i mean that not to lie that book sounds like it's still incredibly bad <laughs> it's not I, I it's not i'm sticking it out i mean it's 27 in. i read them all i'm just sticking it out well i mean i i completely understand sticking it out for sure but I'm just like, man, like listening to you describe that. I'm like, that just sounds terrible. <laughs> it, it was, it, it wasn't the best read I've ever had. I'm hoping overall, is it, it's, I think that's part of the problem with Steely as a writer is he's either super on or he's way off. Yeah. And it sounds like there, there's no in between where he's like, you know, where it's okay for a while. It's, it's either he comes up with a good story or he's just kind of butts along and it's not too great. Yeah. Well, like I said, I lost interest in that book a long time ago, and it, it doesn't sound like I'm missing anything. It really no, doesn't. No, not really. Not really. I, I'm hoping it, it turns around, Like, but I was when I was reading it, Kyle Higgins is going to do another Nightwing, so I'm really kind of excited about that. Is he? Like just a one-off issue? or? 
Um, it was in, I think it was in, um, I think the ad for it was in Batman. Oh, oh, the tie, is he, he's doing the tie-in? The New Order. Yeah, that's interesting. It just says, a, oh, it's a six-issue limited series. So, it'll be nice having Kyle Higgins run Batman, or Nightwing again, because he did pretty good. His new 52 run was pretty good. I enjoyed it. What I would your, what would your rating on arc. Nightwing be? I give this one a seven. A seven, and I'm being very, and I'm being very nice. <laughs> a very generous seven. Yes, it is very. It's a ven- very generous seven. All right, uh, my first book to review tonight is going to be Spider Man Two, Issue Two. Um, are you reading this series or no? No. So um, I really like this book. If you read the first one, you know that it left where Spider Man was transferred to the Ultimate Universe. Um, thanks to Mysterio and him and Miles had to fight to get back, get Peter back to his own time. Peter Googled Miles and it ends with, oh my God, you see a Google search. Oh, when he's doing a Google search. Well, this issue picks up where the end of the first issue, it was revealed that Taskmaster, Taskmaster was there. Ooh, that's kind of cool. So now in this issue too, they're fighting Taskmaster and he's, he's kind of a souped up Taskmaster where he's got special powers where he's working for the earth 616 miles morales who is some kind of of mob boss or gangster so miles exists in that universe but he's not the miles that came from the ultimate universe so they're they're kind of fighting taskmaster going back and forth and miles is trying to figure out who you know he is and and they get beat up, and this book is filled with comedy. If you like um, Spectacular Spider-Man, that current run, this book feels a lot like this. It's being written by Bendis, so it, it's got a good writer behind it. Um, there's a part in it where they're fighting Taskmaster, and um, like Miles tries to hit him with the Venom Sting, his Venom Blast, and Taskmaster has a um, an ability on it that will shock you too on his cloak, so he shocks Miles. And then Peter shows up and he tries to web up uh, Taskmaster, but he misses and hits Miles in the back of the head instead. So he hits him with a web blast in the back of the head. So the book has got a lot of comedy in it. It's got a lot of um, one-liners. It's got that typical Spider-Man humor that you're used to seeing from Peter Parker. But it, it's written by Bendis, so it's 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 really, really good. Um, but they're fighting Taskmaster and Taskmaster is, uh, he disappears from them. And Miles takes off to go try to find him. And he's trying to load up a van. And uh, he radios and he says, it's me. He's like, um, he's like, things didn't go to according to plan. Tell Miles Morales uh, for me. If he can't honor the deal, then we have no deal. <clears throat> and Miles appears out of nowhere and he hears him. He's like, what did you just say? He's like, where did you hear that name? Answer me. And he starts fighting Taskmaster again and like taskmaster ends up knocking him out after peter webs him up and uh taskmaster starts shooting these like hologram or um these hologram like ninja stars at peter and he's like i'm man enough to admit those are cool and he's like ow and he gets caught by one and he's like doesn't matter still cool and uh they both kind of get blasted away after taskmaster blows up his getaway car and then it cuts to um it cuts to the future where they're at an airport and Miles is chasing after an airplane that's taking off. And, uh, well, before they do that, Peter, Miles wants to know, like, who he was in that time. He wants to know 
why Taskmaster said Miles Morales. He wants to know if Miles Morales existed in his timeline. So Peter tells him, he's like, I did a Google search when I came back from your timeline, and I found absolutely nothing. You don't exist. And Miles is like, that can't be. I heard Taskmaster say my name. He was talking to someone about me. And so Peter and Miles go to Jessica Jones, and Peter hired Jessica Jones to do kind of like a, an in-depth background search and, on Miles, and it shows like her going to all these different people. So it shows her like teaming up with Spider-Woman, taking on the Red Hulk, fighting the Blob. She's with uh, the little girl in Devil Dino, or Devil Dinosaur, and all these people. And she's like, I found nothing. And Miles is like, that just can't be. And then it cuts to an airport. And Miles is chasing down an airplane that Taskmaster's on. And it starts to take off. And he shoots a web to the airplane and falls off. And then Taskmaster is like, that almost ended this entire thing. And he was like, was it worth it? And it cuts to Miles and Morales, the gangster on the plane. And he's like, um, that almost became something I have fought my entire life to avoid. And he's like, go back there and kill them both. Kill them both or I kill you. And, and that's where this issue ends. Damn, I might have to pick that up. I give it an I give it a nine five. It's a fun read. It's only on two issues. It, it's very very comical. It's got that that Spider Man wit and humor to it um, that you're getting right now with Spectacular Spider Man. So far, still in my opinion, man, Bendis and the dude who's writing Spectacular are killing it. Where where Slot still just can't write Spider Man. Nah, he's just. I mean. I'm surprised he's even still writing it right now. Right. He should leave that book and leave it to people who can do a much better job of it, like Bendis or the guy who's writing Spectacular. He's, I think Slot just needs to take a break and not write comics for a while. He needs to go sip drinks out of a fucking out of a coconut with a little fucking paper umbrella in it and, t- and, and, and clear his mind and... There's another writer that needs to do that, but we'll we'll get into that when we review that book. <laughs> did you read Super Sons? Which one do you want to do next? I, I got did. Super Sons, Batman, and Metal. Um, I've got those same three, so whichever one, we'll do Super Sons. Oh, okay, let's do Super Sons. I fucking still love this book, dude. It's, it's seven fucking issues great. in, great, and I absolutely love this book, and I love that. Finally, like I'm not a Superman fan at all, but I'm a fan of Superboy now and just the fact that he finally gets his time to shine with the teen titans and old man robin <laughs> old man robin is i like in the beginning where he actually walks out of the bathroom and then has to walk back into the yep. bathroom yep i liked i liked that all that that interaction with old man robin and i liked um you, you know there's just a lot of aspects of this book that i really really enjoy and honestly, him joining in the inclusion of the Teen Titans in this has really done wonders for this book. And I like how they refer to Beast Boy by his real name, how Raven keeps calling him Garfield. So she she fucking refers to him by his own name. And then when he turns into the uh, the hummingbird and he, he says he's going to fucking poop in Superboy's face or poop in his nose. This is just this is a good book. It is. It's. It's seven. It's seven issues on. If you guys aren't reading it, you guys need to step back, run out, buy the first seven, then issue seven and the six before it, and read it. It's good. It's it's well written. The art and it's really good. It's it's really one of my my favorite books right now. It really is. It's one of my favorite monthly DC titles. And I like that they're turning Superboy into a badass. Yes, they are. Why he's still you know. 
not letting it get to his head. He's still, you know, pretty calm about it, but he's he's going to do they're going to make him into a badass. Like I like when they're going after it. So they go like Robin if you read the last issue, Robin got turned into an old man um by some villains and they came to Superboy's house to try and get his help. And like Kyle said, he's going in and out of the bathroom and the Teen Titans are like, we need you on our team. We need you to help us come with us. And Robin finally gives in because for the longest time, Robin was like, you're not a teen, so you can't be a Teen Titan. And uh, Robin finally gives in. He's like, you're going to come with us and help us. Um, and Beast Boy's like, welcome to the Titans, kid. Want to do the honors? And, and Superboy's like, yeah, hell yeah. And he's like, Titans? And then old man Robin pushes him out of the way. He's like, I may be old, but I'm not ready to retire. He's like, Titans? And they're like, we'll do it together. And he's like, uh, together, and they fucking um, take off into the night to go fight. Um, what the hell's the name of the name? Cracklo? Cracklo? Some fucking magician who apparently was visited by himself from the future and was giving a box of clay to mold yep. to mold um, villains from the past that were no longer, that were forgotten. So you have Adam Master, the uh, Time Commander, and then the faceless hunter. And it was Time Commander that turned Robin into an, an old man. And he used up most of his powers to do it. So then the the Titans bust in and find him. A Superboy punches the door in. And they all kind of start fighting with the Titans. Um, they put him, one of them freezes, Time Master kind of freezes time around him. And Superboy like breaks out of it. And then starts fighting like i like seeing this the superboy starfire team up like that everything everything about this book is, is so good like the the team ups you get are good the like i said the superboy starfire team up was good superboy aqualad team up was good and then the rave even the raven the raven uh robin team up was really good and i like how you you see like robin's about to beat the shit out of him and his his cape kind of makes like the batman you know kind of looks like the batman's cape mm-hmm and then he, they all disappear into clay. And uh, you get the book kind of ends with them beating everyone up and, and Robin's young again. And uh, him and, and Superboy are talking. And he's like, you're, you're still in training. And, and uh, Superboy's like, um, he's like, er, well, Robin's like, sorry, Kent, but you're still in training. Um, he's like, we didn't even get through our first session tonight. And Superboy's like, again, no one asked you to train me. He's like, it was implied. And Superboy says, no, you inferred wrongly. And Robin's like, implied. He's like, yeah, by who? He's like, by your mother. And then it stops as something comes through a portal behind him. And the next issue is called uh, Cape Shall Not Kill Capes. Yep. I give this book a nine, too. Yeah, it's dope. It's it's it. It's where it's at. This book is awesome. Yeah, I definitely recommend. If you're, if you're wanting a good team-up book that's lighthearted, if you're enjoying the current Teen Titans run, definitely check out Super Sons because it's it's really really good. What cover did you get? Uh, just the normal, where Superboy's like lifting up the building. Oh, see, I got the one where Superboy's flying and like, uh, and he's holding Damien by like his cape, so it's almost like a seat. And uh-huh. then there's a duck flying next to him. <laughs> it's actually a pretty cool fucking cover. But let's let's say metal for last. Let's go ahead and do. Uh, Batman 29, The Warm Jerks and Roses, Part 4. What did you think of uh, this book? I liked it. it was, I liked that Bruce, as Bruce sat him down at a dinner, and it's, it's what, they, 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 like they sat down to have like a meeting over dinner, like a, yeah, like a business entire, discussion. The entire 
issue took place over a a, a dinner party. Over like a five course dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked that they what he was doing is he was actually sitting there sizing up his opponents as to see who was the bigger threat. Who truly is the bigger threat that he needs to actually stop. And that's what he was doing. And I like And he's get he's actually gonna give them money to yeah. help stop him. Well, because he realizes that in order to stop this war and to stop all the casualties that are going on, he has to, one side has to win. So, and I kind of like how he outs he throws himself as Batman under the bus, you know, as Bruce Wayne, saying that, you know, he like you said, he's going to give him money to kill Batman because they both kind of explain why they want to kill the Batman. I like Joker's pretty much just like just because. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much what he said. You know, like. Riddler had this long drawn out thing like he was going to capture Batman and throw him down a ditch and he was going to line up everyone that Batman loved and he was going to shoot them all in the head so he can watch everybody that he loves die. And then he was going to tell Batman the joke of jokes. And just as he's about to tell him, he was going to shoot him in the head. And then Joker's pretty much like, well, eh, just because. Yeah, like he's going to tell him like the world's greatest riddle. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to shoot him in the head before he delivers it. There's one page in this that I absolutely love that I would love to get a print of or turn into a poster. And it's Batman like jumping through a crowd of him like fighting the Joker and fighting um, Riddler at different points. And then you have like the side profile of the Joker and the Riddler on each page. It's like right in the middle of the book. It's right after the Rid- Joker throws the knife at Riddler. Oh, and it's they're they're on each side. Yeah. And they're they're saying uh, why Batman, and they're both explaining to it. Yeah, Batman's problematic. Yep, I think that page is amazing. And there's a hole in it. Yeah, it is a good page. But no, I liked it. I liked that. I I don't know. I don't care what anybody says. I think I still think Tom King is killing Batman. He's fucking nailing it. I like I like how he you know Joker's pretty much. To piggyback off what you're saying, he, when he's talking about killing him, he's like, I want to strangle him. I want to strangle. I want to feel like the life leave his body. You know, so he he wants to do it and get joy out of it where where Joker's just kind of like he wants to do it to to end the Batman so the Batman's not in his way anymore. So, I mean, I think the, the Riddler's way of doing it is fucked up where he's watching all of everybody he loves, like, die on top of him and then shooting him. But even just the Joker getting that sick satisfaction and like choking Batman out and killing him that way is, is kind of intriguing too. Um, I mean, I, it's a, it, for me, it's a toss up. It's really hard. Um, and, uh, between, like, between Batman and super sons, because you know what? Batman was on point. This, this roar, war of jokes and riddles is really good. I think Tom King is doing a really good fucking job with it. It, considering it's all mostly told in the past, it, it's present-day Batman telling the story in the past. It's really good. But I have one real issue with this this recent issue, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is here in a minute. But I like how the Joker, like you were saying, he's like, um, one reason why I want to kill the Batman. Huh. He's like, why should I kill the Batman? Isn't it obvious? I'm the Joker. He's the Riddler. And in the end, who cares about the Riddler? <laughs> That's pretty much what he's like. Who cares about you? Yeah, he's just like, meh. And so um, Batman pretty much offers, he's like, you know, stake your claim, tell me your case of why you want to kill the Batman, and I'll decide which one is better, and I'll give that person a billion dollars to help them in their cause. 
you know, so that basically you can buy out the opposition with that amount of money to support your cause and you can do what you're going to do. And then they're leaving. And I really like this part too, where Batman, where Bruce is like the last thing, the hostages you kept for safe, uh, for your safety this evening, as you see, if you've been uh, harassed by, you have not been harassed by the GCPD or the bat, I would hope that you'd free them and uh, return them safely. And uh, Riddler's like, of course. He's like, of course, Mr. Wayne. We're not monsters most of the time. And then Joker's just like, I think I killed my hostages before I came. I don't know. I'll check when I get back. <laughs> He's yeah. like, so it just, he it just, just doesn't give a fuck. Just how disconnected he is. Yeah, like he just doesn't. It just doesn't it's not even important to him. And I like how it shows him in the, the Batcave afterwards with Alfred. And he's like, um, he's like after the, de- after the death, after Deadshot, I had realized that the only way to stop the war was for one side to win. And after I knew which one would get the money and the money, the real help uh, he needed to defeat the other, I knew which man I'd go to Batman or go to as Batman, uh, which man I'd fight for, which side I'd join. So, and and this is where my issue with this book comes in, is it just stops there. Like, that's the end of this issue. Like, it it, it just ends. Like, it's an ultimate cliffhanger. Yeah, well, it just doesn't feel like it's a a good ending. It just, like, ends. You know, it's kind of like, what the fuck? Like, it feels like it ended in the middle of a sentence. Like, there should be at least one or two more pages to to end it promptly. I just feel like it was just such a random, like, jumping off point. Now, it's not enough to, to... diminish the quality of the book or the quality of the story um but i just i just found it really really weird that they chose to like jump off in such an awkward place i i i thought it was good oh i'm glad you liked it <laughs> thank you no i liked it too i i probably gave it an eight five yeah i mean it, it, it was it kept me more in uh it kept me more in into the story than metal did so yeah well let's talk about dc metal number one here the new the new powerhouse book from the new 52 creative team of scott snyder greg capullo and uh jonathan galapian i did not care for this book i i know it's the first issue but i just you know like you were saying before i feel like scott snyder's writing he went from such an iconic arc on batman and the new 52 to kind of in my opinion, I mean, people may disagree with me, missing the mark when it came to um, All-Star Batman. Like, I really did not care for All-Star Batman at all. And now he's writing Dark Knight Metal, and I, I feel like he's missing the mark in Metal as well. Like, just half of Metal is so boring. It's so wordy. I thought that's what the point of, like, Forge and casting was, was to set this story up. And it just, I feel like it's, it it went backwards instead of forwards. Like it wasn't the only thing I found really, really interesting was like the last half of the book. And then the big reveal on the last page. Other than that, I really didn't care for this book. Yeah. I was really in and out of it until, uh, pretty much until the, it, they, they were talking about it kind of this pretty much centers around Batman. Yeah. And, that's kind of where it got me in when they're it's let me pull it out real quick. They're kind of sitting there and they're, it's kind of being broken down to them. And, and I, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, and it's kind of this focal point is Gotham and whatever's going on. Like this huge mountain has come out of Gotham. 
like on its own. It's like fucking up the city. But uh, like, they're kind of breaking down. They're explaining to him, and it's kind of cool. Do you have this map of the multiverse map, the DC multiverse map? No. They gave it out during Convergent. Okay. I have. I have it. So, if anybody and like, because that was the point of Convergence, was this map. But I like that the fact is they they're like it's a dark you dark like there's already fifty two multiverses. Yeah. And then now that they're flipping it over to show there's actually, I guess, technically 53. But I like that they said it's pretty much just centered around Batman. Well, yeah, because they got that dark multiverse whole, the whole dark multiverse thing happening. And I just like it starts in such a random spot because they're on this other planet and they're in this arena fighting and they have to like let this these robots devour them in this this battle arena they make a callback to like they kind of break the fourth wall and make a callback to the early nineties where Aquaman has a hook hand or a harpoon hand. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it feels the first, the first half of the book feels like it's all over the place and it just doesn't feel like a Scott Snyder centered Batman story. And like you were saying about, um, about Dan Slott, I kind of feel like Scott Snyder's the same way. Like Scott Snyder said, you know, I'm going to take a break after I, I finish the story arc. I'm going to stop running Batman. I'm going to focus on other things for a while. And I think he needs to, because by Scott Snyder's standards, this isn't a very good first issue for this story. It just really isn't. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, be that guy, but Scott, you know, a lot of people think Scott Snyder can do no wrong. And when it came to the new 52, I would have agreed, but after all-star batman and then the first issue of, of metal like this book was so hyped there's so much hype around this book and it, it kind of fell flat on me like i don't i don't think it's like that great of a batman story right now i think it's going to come through because it's really i mean there's a so you know like the next issue we're going to write read about it is in teen titans and then we're going to you know i mean so i, I think I think as this story develops, I think they made it real choppy because there's a lot going on because it goes over, it goes for a lot of books. Yeah. But like it started in casting and, and like you, you had forge and casting. So you had all that shit with the Joker and, and Duke and um, Green Lantern finding all that stuff in Bruce's cave. And then it just, it's like, it's not even, it's really only mentioned in passing and, in metal number one, it's not even really brought up. Like the, it, it jumped to a completely different scenario. I mean, it's going to be over twenty-one books, so I, th- I think that's a lot of gonna, books. I man. think this is going to end up being epic. I, I hope so. Like, I, I really hope so. But I don't, I don't see, and I don't have high hopes for it. I, I don't know. That could just be me being cynical. But I, I mean, I hope so because it is Scott Snyder, and I, I love him as a writer, especially on Batman stuff. But like I said, I just feel like I felt like forge and casting were really good, and then so that was kind of like your old school fifty two Scott Snyder, and then you get metal one, and it's like, damn, bro, you're you're still in that that shitty all star Batman mode. Yeah, but you know, we thought Tom King was like that too. He was still stuck in that Grayson, you know what I mean, mode, and then he really broke out of it. So I'm hoping as this as this goes, I think. It's really going to turn into something. To be honest with you, I got more excited for the ad for the Batman Detective Comics um, 
new arc that they're about to start, a lonely place of, of living, where they're going to start the the Tim Drake story arc. I got more excited about that than I did anything else in fucking in metal. <laughs> I can't wait for that. That's going to be so fucking cool. I really hope that they don't fucking shit the bed on that one. The only um the only surprise I really thought in metal like it's it's nice to see Capullo drawing Batman again. He still draws an awesome Wonder Woman. He draws all the Justice League really well. Um, like I said, it's nice to have him on Batman again, but the big surprise came at the end of the book. And spoilers, turn it off right now or skip a whole forward like two minutes um, if you don't want to have this book spoiled for you. But the reveal of Dream at the end of it from The Endless. So it makes me yeah. wonder if they're going to bring in Sandman and Death and all, if they're going to be part of this as well. It, it wouldn't surprise me that they're 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 kind of roping the entire universe into connect. You know what I mean? Yeah, because this, this book is slated to go all the way until February of 2018. Yeah, it's like 21 books. There's, after this one, there's 20 books. I'm not, I'm not reading all these tie-ins either. Well, like I was looking at it and like... Teen Titans, well, I'll read it. Dark Knights Metal 2, fuck it, I'll just get it. Batman the Red Death, intriguing to me. Nightwing, I already read it. Batman the Murder Machine 1, I'll try it. Suicide Squad, fuck it. Dawnbreaker 1, well, fuck, I'm already committed this far. Green Arrow, well, I'm already halfway through. The Flash, read it. Justice League, get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck it. And by the time I'm by the time I'm to Flash, I've really committed myself to this book, so I might as well just finish. A lot of these, I think, are one shots though, too, because I think a lot of these titles are focused on the 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 negative or the dark Batman, like um, Batman the Red Death, Batman the Murder Machine, Batman the Dawnbreaker, Batman the Drowned, Batman the Merciless, Batman the Dis- Devastator, Batman the Lost, Batman Who Laughs. You know, I think I think those are all just part of focus, like one shots focused on like the dark universe version of Batman. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a go. I definitely don't think that Scott, the Doom Commander Snyder, is is really <laughs> bringing his his A game with this first issue. But hopefully, hopefully it gets better, and I'm sure it will because I'm sure he'll find his his footing again. And, and really push it, but I actually gave Batman Metal a six. Really? Yep. I gave it a seven five. I gave it a six just for the big reveal at the end, and that's that's pretty much it. You gave it a seven five, huh? I gave it a seven five. I the first half really, I was really disinterested in, but the second half, once they came back together and was focused on what was going on, they were kind of explaining everything. You know that they've been. It's something that's been building up for a long time to follow Batman and all this stuff. It kind of, it kind of roped me in a little bit, and I think that's what that's really gave me the true intrigue. And I think that's why I'm giving it the higher uh, rating. Yeah, I, and I can definitely see where you're coming from on that. But um, that I guess that's that's it. That's it for comic book reviews. Hey, it's been a while. It has it's not bad. Some some good books, some not so good books. It's uh, it's been it's been interesting. So next Thursday, I'm gonna go buy seven hundred dollar tires, so I won't be able to do it. No, I was joking. So you can update, so you can outdo uh, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> 
but that'll be it yeah. for our show for this week. Uh, we do have a new online merch store. So if you want to buy T-shirts and they're not going to be directly from us now, they're not made to order anymore, you can order right from the website. I did put the link on our Facebook, and I will put it in the description box at the end uh, in this episode. But you can go to go to our merch store, and you can buy shirts from this podcast from Negative Modifiers. Uh, we have a Jose Touch the World shirt. We we have a lot of shirts available for you that you can actually order, and they're shipped through a distributor instead of coming directly from us. So that's that's something cool. So if you want to get your Absolute Geek merch, that's that's where you're going to do it, your Negative Modifiers merch. That's, uh, that's the best place to go for it. Now, I had a question about the whole subscribing to uh, putting in the offer code for... Uh, for Loot Crate? For Loot Crate. It's, I, I was... I was told that it's kind of confusing. So it, I don't, I mean, you go to check out and order it. And then it, at the order, it asks you if you have a promo code hmm. and then you put the promo code in. That's it. That's it. And then it takes the 10% off when you go to uh, cash out. So that means all you guys need to cancel your loot crates and then bring them back up. There you go. And get in, you know, you save some money and we make some money and, and everything keeps on spinning. And the world keeps turning. That's right. But well, all right. hopefully all you guys are ordering loot crates. There you go. That's true. But that'll do it for this episode, week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And we will see you next time. <laughs>